Hey, folks. We really got to really yeah, work on an intro. We'll, we'll get to it. We don't worry about it. But in any intro. case, welcome back. Let's get the show on the road. I know we're a little late. My apologies. So we got everybody here. And let's go ahead and introduce our special guest of the evening, Mr. Dwayne Ramsey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we can see your excitement. You're yes. ready. You're Looks like... like you're on the hot seat, my friend. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. So to get things started, uh, we're actually going to switch things up a little bit, right, Tim? Sure. Go ahead. What? The Wheel of Misfortune. <laughs> the wheel, I thought you were going to usually spin it. You can't spin it tonight? No, no, no. Do the introduction. Okay. Uh, oh, the introdu- You set it up, and then I spin. Okay. So the Wheel of Misfortune, if you guys don't know, now you're going to know, because we wheel has our names on the outside, minus Ben. What? Yeah. I, I, you didn't even let me finish. Yeah, you gotta let them talk. So it has You're like Aaron Losey. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow! Hashtag shut your mouth. Okay, so has our names on the outside. The first spin, we'll pick a name, and then at the next spin, we'll pick one of the punishments in the center. We have judges' choice. Have the vampire challenge. We have brush your teeth with wasabi. No pee water challenge. Um, yeah, the wasabi one's not. That's not gonna be fun. I don't know. I just made it up. So <laughs> you're, I'm a welder bro, vampire, some other challenges. So we are going to spin it and get going. Yes, indeed. Ben, are you ready? All right. Yeah, I'm going to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, uh, Dwayne gets to see it, too. Yeah, exactly. All right. Whatever. Here, here we go. It's spinning. It's spinning. It's spinning. It's spinning. It's spinning. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> Timmy. Okay. All right. And it's spinning again. Well, maybe it is the judge's choice. Shock. Shock. What is it? Oh no. Oh yeah. It's not me. Man. Oh God. So I'm I feel nervous for Tim. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh no. Oh man. That's I, rough. Well, I'm gonna put it on my right arm and I'm gonna put it on my and I'm just gonna hold my hand like this. Whoa, 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 whoa. And then when every time it shocks me, I'll just punch Noel in the head. <laughs> um so while while we get started and um I'm going to go ahead and probably try to find a keyword that Dwayne uses to sort of shock Tim. We'll see what happens. But in any case, uh, Dwayne, I'm curious uh, to set the mood. How did you get started in drifting? Whew. Are you all ready? It's kind of a long story. So okay. uh, 2006 is when I started drifting. Um, my family was in the military. So I spent... I. I moved to Japan like when I was 16 and started getting into the car scene there and began going to Ebisu Circuit and doing toge runs in the mountains and stuff like that. And <clears throat> drifting kind of just took over, basically. Um, and then in 2009, I left Japan and moved to Florida and kind of started building a car there and you know, went street drifting and I don't recommend that. It's terrible. But, um, 
and then started traveling and doing drift events all over the place, basically. And after 2009, so. Oh, what then, part of Florida? I'm curious. So I'm after when I left Japan, I moved back to where I was born, which is uh, north northwest Florida. So uh, like Panama City area. Um, oh, okay. yeah, the nicer, yeah. the nicer area. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, and then it's actually my family actually lives maybe an hour from Emerald Coast Dragway, where Clutch Kickers is held. So nice. Yep, yep. I'm actually yeah from the area, so <laughs> it's pretty cool. Awesome. So living in Japan, so I'm just mm-hmm. waiting for a shock, right? Because I can get shocked oh, randomly. Man. Ben has the shocker, right? So I don't know oh, when I'm getting shocked. Oh, you haven't even tested it. it. Yeah, test it for me. I want. I, I got it just at least so I know what to expect. All right, hang on. Just for <laughs> verification purposes. I'm so sorry that I cut you off, but yeah, because Tim, I mean, I'm sorry. Noel last time was saying ledging that I raised the power, so it's on 15, <laughs> right? Okay. And then I'm gonna hit the number do one. It, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Okay, here we go. Hit it. Yeah, of course I hit it. Oh, no, you don't. There's no way. Thinking. Maybe it's touching me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you hit? I don't know. It's not. Man. Okay. Fine. I'm nervous for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get it working. Yes, please do. Okay, so anyway, so living it, tell us what it is to, because that's like like my dream, right? Well, because yeah. maybe because I've never done I never lived it. You see all these videos, and I watch a lot of Noriaru and even Samet, and you watch all these videos. Is it really like what we see, or is it better? It's better. <laughs> oh. um, just the country in general, Japan, everyone is so nice, and just the whole culture is like super friendly. Um and then, of course, there's shops like Up Garage where you can just go and buy whatever you can imagine. It's like on the shelf used, right. you know, that it's everything is just amazing about Japan. Wow. Wow. So what tracks you'd hit them all or are you basically so, you're were, you were in Okinawa, I'm assuming around there, right? No, we were uh, we lived in just outside of Tokyo. There's an Air Force okay. base kind of close to Tokyo. Um, so I went to Ebisu Circuit. <laughs> At least once a month for the whole time I lived there. I don't. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, one oh, second. Oh, one oh. second. On. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I don't want it. On the, hit him. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Oh yeah. There we go. Oh, oh, oh. oh I'm so sorry. So okay. <laughs> Outside of Tokyo, uh, there was yes. that's okay. Sweet. So what tracks did you um, regularly visit? Uh, Ebisu Circuit a lot. Um, oh. Once a month, like for the four years I was there, like probably more often than once a month. Um, so a lot. And then so jealous. Yeah. And then I didn't. I never actually drove Nico uh, Circuit. We went there and kind of just spectated and hung out because we were going to Ebis Ebisu Circuit like all the time. So we prioritized those events instead of the Nico Circuit or. In retrospect, I should have probably went to a lot of the other tracks, but Ebisu is so amazing that we just stuck to that, basically. <laughs> right. So so how many different... So being there, assuming that you had your own car, but how many chassis yes. did you get to drive, like being over there? So, um, I had mostly S13s, um, and I did venture out into... My first car was actually a Mark III Supra, which was... Ooh. Not not ideal for drifting, but um, it was like my first car, and 
I started getting into drifting and then realized that I needed a, a, a Sylvia or, you know, something like that. So I went that route and the parts, you know, a lot cheaper, readily available anywhere. Everybody has them. So I got an S13 and then drove that for, for a while and then went to, I drove my friends, uh, R32, uh, a bunch, a couple chasers, JZX90s and JZX100s. Um, yeah, I just, I've driven a lot of random cars over there, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what were the pop? So, in my opinion, the JZX chassis has been popular in Japan forever, like, as soon as they came out. Um, so, when I lived there, like, say, 2008, random year, um, everyone had, it, it, people either had Sylvia's or they had JZX's, and JZX's were known for like never breaking, being super reliable, great power, like stock. And then finally, years later, now JZXs have started to take off and become popular in the US, but they've been very popular for a long time. <laughs> and it, see, it seems that in Japan, maybe, I mean, uh, you might not know too much anymore. Oh, sorry. I thought you were trying to like touch me to shock me. <laughs> I don't like that thing. But anyway, it seems like in Japan, the cars that haven't really evolved outside of Sylvia's and, and, and JZX's and, you know, there's R32s. Still, R32s. Like it's always yeah. been the same, like eighties, nineties and early two thousands cars. And I mean, what have you seen? I mean, maybe do you have any connections back in Japan where you're starting to see a different trend? Um, so a huge trend in America is like the 350Zs and because they're so reliable and everywhere. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and so, but in Japan, it's not really a common drift car. Um, and I don't know why that is. Maybe parts, parts aren't really available there or I don't know. Uh, maybe because there's so many Silvios and R32s and or Skylines and JZXs that nobody cares for anything else. Or maybe it's the way it sounds and they just can't stand yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> could be that. With that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Cool, man. Yeah. They have all, they have all kinds of cars that we have. Well, unless it's like in the professional ranks. And then you have yeah. like the BRZs in 86, and they barely use They're still stuck on the old Japanese, which I love those old cars. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just because there's so many of them that are still there. I mean, yeah, they have been exporting them to other countries, but there's still tons of them. So they're everywhere. <laughs> okay. So so now coming over, coming to America from Japan, mm -hmm. you have obviously this wealth of experience that just for instance, probably say half of the drifting community is probably like myself. We only get like three or four events in a year. Yeah. You're coming over here with all this experience under your belt and then you move over here. What, 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 like what took place? Like, did you jump right into a car? Did you take some time off before you got into drifting or, or what happened? Yeah. I kind of, uh, took some time off to get a job because I was 19 at the time and, uh, just needed to kind of get my life together and, then I decided I started working at a Nissan dealership in Panama City, Florida, actually, and got a S13. It was NAKA and basically completely stock. Um, and I had some parts that I brought with me from Japan, like some coilovers and I don't even know, random, random small parts that, you know, whatever I could fit in a suitcase. And then um, 
so I started drifting that <clears throat> as a stock in AKA and, but I was also daily driving it to work, you know, whatever. And, uh, so yeah, I spent some time street drifting in Florida because there was in Northwest Florida, there was no events at all at the time. And, um, we actually got drifting started at, uh, at Emerald Coast Dragway in 2011, I want to say 2010, maybe, um, before, by the uh, previous track owners and then back then though it was just one turn it was a u-turn that was that was it right yeah <laughs> and so we that was the only thing we had in you know the whole northwest florida area so we did that and had events there and it was a blast and that was uh eventually the track i don't know what happened with the track the track changed owners or something back then and then uh we started drifting at a track called five flag speedway in pensacola so hmm. yep yeah um, when you were when you approached the uh the track owners at the airborne coast dragway at the time uh were they receptive to the idea of drifting or did you get pushback uh there was definitely some pushback it wasn't me directly that was dealing with the track owners it was through another buddy of mine um but the it was very hard to get them to even open their doors for us on a, like a weekend or something, just because it's Northwest Florida at that time, nobody knew what drifting was. And there wasn't a large, there was no drift community so basically. So it wasn't a, it wasn't high on their priority list to have an event basically. So, and yeah. the first event was actually mostly people spinning out and it was only one turn. Like it Not, was yeah. a lot of beginners, which was great. It was cool to see people interested in drifting. They had no idea beforehand. Yeah, yeah, but that's a hard sell when you're trying to come into a track and convince them about throwing an event <laughs> and trying to get people there when everybody's failing it up. We, yeah, we had very similar uh, experience down here. I think I was sharing that with you at, at the island. Is we basically mm -hmm. had it was a touch and go airport in, in the middle of the Everglades on the border of Miami and Broward, which worked out great because I think the first couple events we had like. Forty or fifty cars, right? Which was yeah, yeah. This was how long ago? It was two thousand seven, two thousand and seven, right? Ooh, and, yeah. And we ran it for about eight years until the track closed down. Eight or nine years until the track closed down. But July 29th, that was yeah, yeah. And and the way that kind of stumbled is, um, I ended up for some reason with like like no experience underneath my belt. I ended up with my brother and the help of Ben. I met Ben then running these drift events, right? That's awesome. It, yeah, it had its perks because I had a key to the track. But what we did was we got some more experienced guys um, uh, come out and we did a demo. But I mm -hmm. had I was able to have some guys that could throw down pretty good. Sweet. Um, yeah, so it, it, it turned out pretty good. Um, we had, of course, I'll probably say 25% of the field was pretty good. And the rest of them were just been fast. But it was what yeah. we had. Yeah. yeah it, but, it, but it was great. And we had a skid pad. We were doing events every other week. Mm -hmm. on a skid pad and it was just a second gear thing but it got everybody together it kept the scene alive the yeah track closed, track closed down we lost that yeah. ever since then the closest track for us to to drift at is an is um an hour and a half away yeah so. yeah back in 2011 when we were trying to find events or organize an event in northwest florida the closest thing to panama city was actually cfrc in orlando oh wow yeah. so yeah so it was a uh, back yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And, and it was, but you know, it's what we had back then, right? Now, mm -hmm. I scene is blowing up, right? You're seeing more tracks come out. You're seeing more big names getting involved in drifting, like 
Adam LZ and Cletus is, I think he's kind of dabbling in it a little bit. And yeah. it's just, it's just been really good to see how much the scene has grown. Even NASCAR getting into it. Yeah. Now. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Did, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I did some laps with uh, Alex Bowman at the Clutch Kickers Fun Day in, in December. Well, a couple laps, like two laps, but it, he's a NASCAR driver. I think he won one recently. Right. <laughs> won a yeah. race. Yeah. So he's one of those top NASCAR drivers that is, that's gotten into it. Joey Logano, I'm pretty sure we've all seen the videos with Vaughn getting. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, and even in the past, we've had indie car drivers, car drivers getting into it. And it's pretty cool to see that the attraction to drifting is. Like us, it's everybody likes it. it. Even though deep inside, or like in the on the outside, they're saying, "Oh, that's just a waste of time and tires." Everybody <laughs> likes drift. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a huge waste of tires, and I mean, the time is it's fun. You know, that's that's what we do it for. It's, I mean, it's look, a blast. you're still at work. Yeah, well, I mean, I was waiting for this like, to happen, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let me ask you something. So, when you were starting these events, and obviously you had already had experience, would you have people go to you for advice? Would you, uh, or did you, like, for instance, take up a role as an instructor, or did you just sort of let others uh, you know, take care of that? Um, so it started out like the first event was obviously just complete chaos. Um, but the the drivers would come to me or come to other people. There was a few other people that were able to link the course, which was you know the one turn. And but they were they could do multiple corners if there was. Um, but they um, we kind of helped like grow the community and offer advice. I really don't like uh, riding passenger in, in drift cars for some reason. <laughs> it so, is nerve wracking. Yes. Yeah, and so especially someone that's a beginner that, you know, is spinning out or straightening a lot. It's really rough on your passenger. So, um, I try not to ride with people as much as I can, (laughs) but, um, yeah, people, we were like kind of helping the, the other drivers, the newer drivers to get into it because I didn't want them to get burned out on, you know, if they go out and they drive all day and they can't even, you know, drift one turn, I didn't want them to get burned out on something because, Drifting is great. We're all obviously we're all super passionate about drifting. So um, I just wanted to keep the keep the fire alive, basically, for generations to come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I found the, the scariest people to to teach how to drift are people. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, <laughs> I don't like that thing, man. <laughs> are people that came from an autocross background because Ooh, yeah. they fly through the track like way yeah. too fast right yeah so those for are the sure. scariest ones for me to like um you <laughs> still laughing I'm still, yeah it's still okay laughing. they hit me hit me i don't care <laughs> just get it over with okay okay anyways what was i saying the scariest people are <laughs> oh, yeah, autocrossers autocrossers by far for me are the are the um most nerve-wracking because they're flying through the track they're usually mm-hmm. by the time you get to the first turn they're already out of gear <laughs> yeah so yeah, it's like when yeah. they throw it in they just initiate into this massive understeer it's, yeah, that's the scariest yeah it's yeah a- and when when the uh we threw the first event that was when i was like i had a toyota cressida that i had one j swapped back in 2010 i believe and the I was street driving my car, you know, I was driving, that was my daily, it's my only car. So I was driving it to work, but then on the weekends I drove it 
an hour north to Emerald Coast Dragway and drifted it and then, you know, brought my tires and my tools and then drove it back home after that. You know, it was, uh, it was back. I think, I think back to those point at that time. And I was like, man, that was a really simple time. Yeah. Um, but if the car would have broke at the track, like I would have, I would have been screwed basically. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. So, but, but those are the times that we look back and, and drive into the track, throwing everything in the back of the car, running mm-hmm. on used tires, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, to go into the local shops, buying $10, $20 tires and 205s, 205s, yeah. right? And just, and just <laughs> hoping they weren't too dry rotted. And, and it didn't matter, right? We were just yeah, out there to exactly. have a good time. And now I, and I seen it, I saw this probably about seven or eight years ago, people just getting one invent in and, and already starting a build. Right. Mm-hmm. So to speak to that, I mean, I, and we all see it. So speak mm-hmm. to that. Somebody that's getting into it, say they have maybe six months or maybe I want to say six months. <clears throat> Let's say they have three or four events underneath their belts and now they want to start in this build. What would you say to that person? I would say don't do that. <laughs> no, but um, if you're going to do a build, if you're going to take your whole car part that you have right now and do some crazy build, that's fine in my opinion. But buy a 350z and continue driving events to get the seat time and practice um because builds whether it's something that starts off simple it always yeah. takes way longer than expected so just yeah. my whole thing is just keep driving as much as you can uh yeah. go to that's, events go you know it's, that's important that's basically why i bought my 350z because i was <laughs> i didn't drive for like a year and a half my, my car is mm-hmm. being built by jackson performance Okay. Sort of this bargain kind of barter thing that he he got my old E30. That he's looks in like ch- he's in the chat. So. He's in the chat. Well, yeah, what doesn't yeah. matter? There's a hashtag. <laughs> We're still hashtag is finished Tim's car. But basically, <laughs> we did this barter where I had my E30 that I was doing SWD with back in the day, and I mm-hmm. had I think I was the first E30 in in America to have a Wise Fab kit. So I was like one of the first cars to get it over here, the non FD legal one. Yeah, and then um. And then so we did this barter and, you know, I, I mean, in all reality, I probably at the end of the day, I'll, I'll, I'll work out ahead because he did put a lot of time and labor into it. Basically, he's building the, the main, like the cage. We put a 8.8 diff in there. We've done a b- bunch of stuff, but it's yeah. been three and a half years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, it takes time for sure. Yeah. yeah. For so sure. I, I got the 350 and I'm keeping seat time. But yeah, that's that's a great point. If you're going to do that build, by all means, do it. But get a seat time car. So yeah. you're yeah, because once you get that bug, you need to keep you need to keep that experience in the seat. Yeah, and and don't wait until you start the build to buy the 350z because yeah. if you if you start the build, you're gonna dump all your money into yep. your project, and then you're yeah. not gonna have the money to buy a Z or whatever. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so how was your transition, or be- better yet, what made you go pro? Like, was it uh, an Ooh. epiphany, or was it something that you felt was you were ready for the next level. Um, so I started all right, to, to backtrack just a little bit. I, we were doing events in Northwest Florida and then I was like, Oh, I really want to travel to do a pro-am. And back then I didn't want to do pro-am to win a pro license. I wanted to just do a pro-am to do a competition that was somewhat, you know, taken seriously. So, um, I took apart, actually I bought a shell a Cressida shell that already had a cage in it and took apart my daily and bought a truck. So I could daily drive a truck now and, um, started building a new Cressida 
with the parts from my old Cressida so that I could drive, this was 2012, so that I could drive Streetwise Drift uh, Pro-Am in 2013. Well, that build took longer than expected. And then, so I missed Streetwise Drift round one because the car wasn't done. And I was, you know, living paycheck to paycheck because I was spending every dime I had on the car. So when round one was coming up for Streetwise Drift, I didn't have, I literally had no money to, like, I couldn't pull money out of my savings account because I didn't have a savings account back then to, uh, you know, make it somehow. So I missed round one of Streetwise Drift. And then I was like, man, you know, Texas would be pretty cool. And their, their Lone Star Drift round one is coming up like the next month. So I had an extra month to finish my car. And so I got the car finished and actually, I think I did like a crowdfunding um, thing back then. It was before it was frowned upon, I guess. Um, I, (laughs) I um, basically made a PayPal that people could donate to me so that I could put their names on my car. And I had George stickers basically. Yeah, I did it before Danny George, though. Uh, originator. <laughs> originator. <laughs> and so I basically made it to round one of Lone Star, uh, Lone Star Drift Pro-Am in 2013 um, from all my friends and family that donated to me to make it to that round. And um, so I did that. I think I finished, I think I got third on uh, round one that, that that season. And it was... Like I was hooked, you know, and I was living in Panama City, Florida at the time, driving to Texas for Pro-Am. And um, I was just ready to go back, you know. So I did the full season of Lone Star Drift and finished fifth, I believe. Yeah, it was fifth. And um, then I was making the drive from Florida to Texas for every round. I wasn't staying out in Texas. And the... I finished fifth. And then once I got to, I got thinking about it, I was like, man, you know, it'd be cool to drive out there again and do it for the 2014 season. Um, you know, so I was, that was in the works. I was working on, you know, getting the car ready for the next season and all that. And then I got fired from my job at Nissan. So I packed my bags and I moved to Houston and January 2nd, 2014, I moved to Houston. So I moved to Houston, drove Lone Star Drift in 2014, and I got I finished the season second. Um, and Josh McGuire, he actually drives in Clutch Kickers now. He mm-hmm. beat me by like two and a half points for the season or something. He got first, um, and it was a blast, you know. And I, at the time, I was I wasn't I was taking it seriously, but not. I didn't really plan on driving pro or at the time it was pro there was there was no pro two at the time um and then i i somehow managed to get second place overall so i won a pro license or yeah i won a pro license and then the next year or that after that off season began i parted out my old pro-am car i built a new car spent all my money all over again and built a pro two car and that and then i just tried to drive in pro two and that was a disaster <laughs> oh uh what chassis it was a toyota cressida it was a 89 mx83 yeah so, yep. so the pro two car was also an mx83 yeah mm-hmm. oh wow okay it was a uh, 2j uh, it was 2j had a cdo 9 trans and uh 
you know, cage and everything, fire suppression oh, and stuff like that. So, hmm. but I uh, severely underestimated the budget for that year or for the pro season in general. And uh, yeah, I blew a motor testing and then it was just a, it was a rough one. Oh, wow. You learned a lot. I'll tell you that, right? Yep. 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 And so I got, I got kind of burned out on that on pro drifting and well, not really drifting in general, but I got burned out on it. So it, it was obviously not a very successful season. So I, I went to Orlando for 2015 for round one for pro pro two, and then didn't qualify, had a bunch of bugs to work out. And then between round one and round two, I was testing the car to get more seat time in this new build and I blew an engine. So then, so then I missed the second round, which was in Seattle, which was going to be a, a push to even try to make the second round anyways. Cause the yeah. travel cost yeah. is crazy. Ridiculous. Yep. And then, uh, I drove round three at Texas motor speedway and then didn't qualify there either. I was, it was, it was a rough year. And then I just right. decided to call it quits and not drive Irwindale for the final round. So <laughs> sounds like a rough road, my friend. Yeah. So yeah. I know the struggle. <laughs> yeah. no, absolutely. But it's good for, for you guys, especially in that time where it was that before pro two and the SWD and the streetwise, all these different pro-am series mm-hmm. uh, were going, going down for for you to share that knowledge with the new drivers right because that's still a reality that yeah. people have to get that budget in check before they even start right because yeah. hitting up a fun day three or four times out of the year and then maybe a couple other events is nothing compared to mm. a competition exactly and the my biggest thing too is i wish i would have well my my roll cage wouldn't pass from the pro-am car so that's why I had to build a new car for Pro 2. But if you can, if you can, don't build a whole new car. Just fix your current car if you're going to go from Pro-Am to Pro 2 or now Pro-Spec. Don't build a whole new car. Like, mm-hmm. keep the now, same car. <laughs> now, when you went into, uh, when you went, went into Pro 2, were you, did you have a team with you? Or were you kind of like trying to run this solo? Like, how, did that, how was that working out? Uh, so the team was basically uh, two of my friends and any friends that wanted to tag along, basically. Um, and it was it was just friends. They weren't paid. We were sleeping on friends' couches, and it was it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, um, with your experience, if somebody did want to go into Pro Two or Pro, uh, and they're kind of new to that world, what your what would be your advice of, to do that? Uh, drive. Clutch kickers. Drive drive as many events as you can and get proficient at tandem. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, you want to be able to do a solid lead lap, but where the where you're really going to see the difference in drivers or cars is tandem. Um, right. It, yeah. I just that's how I look at it. Good. That's good. That's why when you look at uh, Ben Julian. Right. Mm-hmm. When uh, when my fiance and I went to that fun day in December, we, me and her, did a bunch of laps also. But Ben, Ben Julian, and Taylor Ray were doing laps yep. together the whole weekend. They were just swapping and going. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. And they're they're very mindful of their, of their tire wear too. Like I would follow yeah. them sometimes, and they would they would get off like religiously, like two laps. 
mm-hmm. two laps and get off. And I'm like, I thought I was doing three or four laps. When I looked at my video, yeah. I was doing like seven or eight laps, really. You know? yeah. So and I was doing I was the same thing. Yeah. So I, I was like, uh, didn't get off. I was having too much fun. <laughs> yeah. I was killing a lot of tires that weekend also. I, uh, I think I did like, I don't know, 13 laps or something in a row. And then oh. come in, and yeah, tires are done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, Ken, does they're supposed to last forever? No, not, yeah. not, not like that. <laughs> not like that. Not like that. <laughs> Man, hey, um, I have a I have a question. How vital or how important it is is it to have a spotter? Because we, the topic came up at one point where some people were attending these competitions without a spotter and. Uh, I forgot who mentioned it, but they said that they were doing themselves a disservice for not having a spotter. So, in your opinion, how important is a spotter? Very important. So, I mean, I understand some people's situations where they're like a one-man show or they come with their dad who knows nothing about drifting or, you know, something like that. Um, But the spotters are so important because they tell you how bad you're sucking, like, or you know, where you are on the course in relation to everyone else. Like they tell you crucial information that you need to know as a driver to do better. Basically. I I think it's really important. And then also it, it allows like, if you were to, you know, need, I don't know anything, basically it's spotter is so important because the spotter during practice and stuff like that, the spotters can ask the judges, me, Will, and Dan, um, you know, how a specific driver, like how their driver is doing, things like that. Because if you have no spotter, we're watching practice, but we're not, you know, taking notes of of random runs throughout the day. We're, you know, we're taking it all in. But if your spotter comes up and asks us to watch the run, we're going to watch the run and, you know, give them feedback to tell you, basically. What what, what? you look for okay because i know a spotter i know when i first started drifting oh it just kind of watches what you do until if you're doing good or not but there's way more that goes into being a spotter what do you for somebody that's looking for a spotter or maybe one of the other drivers that are just asked this year to be a spotter for another driver what can you tell a spotter or what kind of advice can you give for a spotter to as far as feedback that they should be providing to their driver uh go to the driver's meeting with your driver so that you can Pay attention to what the judges want so then you can basically judge your driver's runs like the spotter can judge their run based off of what the judges actually want to see um it's it's pretty difficult um obviously they in my opinion the spotter needs to know it needs to be a a driver or at least be familiar with drifting um it's it's a tough one um but basically they need to be online they need to be at angle you know, lots of throttle, like commitment, right. stuff like that. So, oh yeah. So the bot basically saying the spotter really needs to be get into the judge's head so they know what they, how they can critique their driver the best yeah. way possible. And and I, I think they even really even spotters should be even watching other drivers too, right? Yeah, exactly. Take, and that's a whole another aspect where they your spotter should be watching you for qualifying and see how you're doing and make sure you're dialed in, but they also need to be watching all the other drivers to see what kind of entry they're doing. If they're doing a, a faint entry instead of e-braking, that's really important information. Um, if you're going to follow them later in the battle or later, later in the competition. So, um, and then it also helps you if one guy 
is going, he has like a terrible line where he's super shallow throughout the whole course. You need to be prepared for that because he's probably going to do that during your battle. Um, right. It, it really, really helps like for sure. Yeah. I mean, for like people like where Randy was, I thought Randy was doing a really good job with the line at clutch kickers. Other people were cutting the line like crazy um, or going inside, which is not what you guys were looking for. Um, so, I mean, knowing that ahead of time is gotta be a lifesaver because you're going to, you're expecting that everybody's going to run the line that the judges are looking for and, and that could really screw you up. Right. Right. You, yeah. A lot of guys weren't. Yeah. And something you said, Tim was, uh, the spotter should get into the mind of the judge. I think it also, they have to get into the mind of the driver. If they're seeing the driver that they're spotting for, not, you know, fulfill the line or have the angle actually, uh, if they are a driver themselves, advise the driver. And they have to be truthful too. They can't yeah. be like sugarcoating anything. Yeah, like you did okay, but <laughs> no, you didn't do okay. You sucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and it's important for the driver and the spotter, obviously, to get along. Like you don't yeah. want some, you know, they got to be friends too, for sure. Um, right. It's uh, and I know some spotters. Once you get like into the higher complicated stuff the spotters will also use stopwatches to time certain sections of the track to oh, wow. compare like the faster cars against each other to see where they stack up basically um drifting really isn't normally timed but it it makes a difference when you have hmm. alec Honadale versus the guy with the stock ka car you know it's a huge time difference and it's yeah. super visible Hey, that stock KA was inspirational. Okay. <laughs> was it. It's not going down, all right? That was a throwback to uh, you know, years past when you would just see 240 showing up with uh, random body panels. You're like, oh look, mm -hmm. it's a junkyard special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Amazing. Yep. Good old yep. Joseph Love, keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out to him. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um so, how'd you hear about Clutch Shakers, I guess, uh, is my question. So, I'm from that area in Florida. So, obviously, I'm still friends with a lot of people that live there in the area still. And it popped, started popping up on my news feed. And it was just, just like small world type of thing where I was like, man, I, I lived like an hour from the track. Like, when I used to live there, that's crazy. So, um last year actually i started driving i drove round two of the competition uh last year and with my kat car and um i did pretty well i think i, I made it top 16 um not the best but made it top 16 and then i loved it you know i was i really like what clutch kickers is doing as an organization and being being there for the drivers to really the the track is so perfect for tandem that it is it's just awesome. I love it. So I really wanted to drive more of their events and be involved like as much as I possibly could. So that's kind of led us to where we are today. <laughs> uh, let me ask you, um, when you were driving, what was your opinion on the, uh, the passion? Did you feel it? Did you passion. feel the passion? the passion? Did you feel he was fair? Oh, 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 as, a judge, as a judge, oh, oh. as a judge, oh, okay. Pat Gooden, yes. Yes. Pat Pat is so passionate. Yes. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I, I love driving the comp. Like if if I wasn't a judge this year, I would probably be driving in the competition as well. Like or instead, you know. So right. um I love it, man. It was it was great. The uh like all all the the how do I word it? 
all the drivers that are that were driving last year and this year are all like they're here because they love drifting. They're not. I mean, yeah, some of them would like to win ten thousand dollars, but the everybody that's there, they're all passionate about drifting. That's that's why we're all there, in yeah. my opinion. Let me ask you something. How many? Um, so, because you were around Emerald Coast and mm-hmm. you were doing those little events, and then you moved over to Houston, and now you hear about this clutch kickers coming around. Are any of the guys there now that were there when you were running those little or doing those little U-turn events? Um, no one's still drifting. Um, people, you know, got married, had kids, and uh, obviously that's you know takes over everything. Um, but the Oh, I'm trying to think. No, not, not nobody's driving in the competition. Um, I still see a lot of my friends uh, at the events, but nobody's driving still. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it happens. I mean, look at all the guys we, you know, started oh, yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people yeah. fell off. It. And yeah. randomly, we'll see him, like, randomly saw Pablo show up again. We hadn't seen Pablo Falero. Yeah. Like, out of nowhere, was, <laughs> there was two brothers, uh, Esty and Pablo Falero, they used to drive a lot back in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, he disappeared for a while, and then, boom, here he shows up at an event with the car drifting again. Yeah. Oh, crazy. man. Yeah, That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. And actually, Harry Travola, I, I ran into him at a car show. He hasn't done an event for five years, I think, right? Hmm. Yeah, he did, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, our, our Finland... The Finland, what do we call it? The Finland Nightmares? I don't know. We used to something, right? <laughs> but, but he just bought a car. It was, I guess it was a prospect car. He just has to put a motor in. So he's going to start driving again. Oh. Oh, I didn't tell you that. Hey. No, you did not. I didn't. I don't know if you know Harry Travola. He, he used to no. own Turtek. Tur- he's really close with Sean Love, for SLR, Sean Love. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're real close. Yeah, he's very great driver. He's been driving for a long time. And um, he always drove he just took old. A, huh? He just took a little hiatus. Yeah, yeah, took a little hiatus. He started a kava bar business, and oh man, yeah, it's flourishing. And now he's got. That's awesome. happened to you? Oh no, it just oh, caught man. me off guard. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, something man. did happen to me. Uh, but yeah, now now he's gonna start another build. So yeah. that's pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. you seemed excited. I was totally <laughs> excited. You <laughs> see my excitement. But we see that in all in all facets of drifting, even from grassroots all the way to. So Pro. pro like you see some of the old guys like uh sam huben at reese millen they'll come by and visit and they're always talking about like man i would like to go back out there in fact tanner faust did that for a couple of years too so it's it, it the when you leave drifting it's not like it's not like you just leave it forever there's a, it's always a part of you isn't it yep yep uh were you hesitant to judge or did you just uh, were you just up for it immediately? So I was up for it immediately. I um, obviously had to, you know, make sure it was cool that I was away from home for mm-hmm. five days with my fiance. Um, you know, leave basically yep. leave my business here, my shop, and go there. So that was the those two things were the most important to me to make sure that I was able to, you know, take care of things here um, while I was in Florida for five days at a time for each round. Um, so I wasn't hesitant about being a judge or, you know, dealing with the pressure of being a judge. But, yeah, it's definitely stressful <laughs> for sure. <Yeah. laughs> Worst job in drifting. Yeah. It's not too bad. 
It's not too bad. <laughs> well, I'm glad you look at it like that. <laughs> well, you Maybe you'll stick around for a year or two. <laughs> the one good thing, the one good thing about being a judge is that you get to watch the whole event. It's all in front yeah. of your face. The only yeah. problem is, is that well, it's it's all up to you. So it's it really yeah. it really weighs a lot on your. Show. Yeah, for sure. No, it's a blast. Me, so me, Will, and Dan all we've known each other for years, and uh, we actually all drove in Pro Two in 2015 together. Um, and so we've we've known each other since then, and it's you know it's great for us three to be up there on the judges' tower, and all of us get along, and everybody you know it's it's awesome. Couldn't ask for more. Now, when you're when you're judging with Dan and Will, uh, is you have a lot of disagreements uh, on some of the calls. Has has that happened already? Um, no, not too much. No. Um, if there is a disagreement, uh, it, the way that like all three of us will put in our individual votes, and then if it's a split decision or you know the way whichever one over overturns the other one, um, yeah. basically, um, or if it's a one more time, things like that. Where, right. but for the most part, we are in agreement like every every call you know it's it's great awesome okay so you got three like-minded judges that's that's very important because we've all done we've all judged uh, events ourselves yeah. and somebody's else's mind will be here and somebody yeah. saw something else and it's happened like a million times so it's good that clutch kickers has judges that are like-minded that that's yeah for sure for sure uh question so did you guys arm wrestle to decide who gets to judge what? I I'm just curious because, <laughs> I mean, you're the line judge, but was it by choice or was it by competition? Uh, before the before the season started, we, me, Will, and Dan, we're in like a little group chat. And uh, yeah, we're just like, who wants to be what? And I was like, I I'd like to be line judge if, you know, if that's cool with you guys. And then. They were like, yeah, that's great. And then Will wanted to stick. I believe Will was um, Angle last year, I think. Um, I can't remember. But And then Dan's, Dan's personality fits pretty well with the style, style <laughs> side of things. So it works out great. So talking about Dan, um, he mentioned uh, previously that uh, he would like for the drivers to make his pants tight. And we had asked him if the <laughs> other judges felt uncomfortable or uh how how they reacted to that so now we get to ask you in person <laughs> how is uh, is it uncomfortable or is it something that is uh arousing oh, oh, yes or climatic <laughs> I, I mean i mean i haven't noticed anything i'm sorry dan i'm sorry <laughs> really not excited or he's excited and it's just not impressive there's still, there's still plenty of space in the judges tower <laughs> oh man that's good that's good oh that's crazy um so lying judge that's mm -hmm. I guess what we could do is sort of do like a quick uh, driver's meeting. And, and I guess one of the first things uh, we want to know is what do you look for at, at the track? Obviously, the track is is pretty well defined mm -hmm. and you've made a little adjustments here and there. But for the most part, it's well defined. So what do you what are you looking for mostly? So for line, um, obviously, I can't talk too much about the other two sides of things. But uh, for line, I want the drivers to initiate by the three, two, one cone, unless they're getting impeded upon. And then, so initiate smoothly and then fill the outer zone one 
um, with the rear of their car without dirt dropping. Um, and then after outer zone one, you come in, you swing around the inner clip, um, and then you make a quick transition and a slight slowdown to kind of back the car in to the touch and go, and then transition across the track to our new change where we made outer zone two, uh, start slightly sooner. Um, we did that so that the cars can transition across the track and be more predictable. The lead car can be more predictable for the follow car um, to follow. Um, so it's not necessarily to slow the cars down, which it does, but we really wanted, I wanted to define well, all three of us as judges wanted to really define where the cars need to be because at round one, the cars would transition. Everyone would transition in a different spot and some dudes with big power could just do a rolling burnout from touch and go to where the old outer zone two started. And, um, it was, it, it made for some not really spectacular battles. Like people would get gapped really hard right there. Um, so from outer zone two all the way around and then, um, transition into outer zone three, ride the you know rear of your car on the edge of the track basically and finish the run there. So I feel like line is pretty simple. Um, for the most part, um, the touch and go is really important too, because if you don't fill the touch and go, then not really fill it, but if you don't get to the touch and go, then you're not almost impossible to, it's almost impossible to make it to the beginning of the outer zone two. Mm. Um, and we saw that a lot during the competition where people would, you know, skip the touch and go completely be like eight feet off of it. And then they were on the wrong side of the track, basically to transition. They couldn't transition mm. to the beginning of outer zone two. That makes mm. sense. Now, how much, how much of uh, being a line judge when it comes to tandem and it comes to the chase car, right? So now you gotta, you basically gotta watch two cars at the same time mm -hmm. watching both lines because sometimes you'll see an okay lead run as far as their line, and but then the chase car driver is just still all over the place. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you catch that a lot, or is it hard to be able to watch both of those? Um, it's not hard unless the cars are 12 car lengths apart, and then it's pretty difficult to watch one or the other. But at that point, it would be a, an active chase, you know, it was right. pretty obvious. But, um, no, it's not too bad because it's – especially if the lead car is on the proper line on the outside of all the zones and he, you know, hits the inner clip, like, perfectly. Um, it's pretty obvious where the follow car would be in relation to the lead car. So, um, basically, what I do is I watch the lead car and see where he is or she, and then I see where the follow car is in relation to the lead car, basically. Okay. That's how I do it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had a question. Um, it's not necessarily relating to clutch today, but yeah. what is your opinion on Manji? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Manji's, I, I think once once upon a time they were cool, and then they got really lame. And yeah, so depends on who you are. Some people like Manji's, and some people don't. <laughs> I don't really care. I think Manji's are sick. Um, obviously, they're slower, but um, lead cars, I feel like, have the right. To Manji, you know, they have the right to initiate however they want, whether it's Manjing the whole straightaway, they're going to be slower, but it's the lead car's, you know, obligation to do that, whether they want to just go straight, pull the e-brake, or they want to 
do a crazy manji. It looks sick, but yeah. it's definitely not the fastest way through the track for sure. <laughs> now, what if somebody man, manji is the entry? When is, is when is the when are they considered initiated? When they are facing the like, basically, they're facing the car is facing the way the corner is going. Okay. So, right. so if that makes sense, I guess yeah. that's how to explain it. <laughs> um. So, how was it this past weekend for you? <laughs> I obviously, the, here's the thing. One of the things about Fuzz Kickers <laughs> is that every event provides something different, something right. unique. Mm-hmm. And this last event did not disappoint. <laughs> so it was it was a wild one. <laughs> yeah. Um so what was your takeaway from it and and how did you handle uh being a storm chaser? So <laughs> the the event was a pretty wild one. Um I feel like the the issues really all stemmed from the fact that there was a tornado touchdown on Saturday and Nobody got practice. Nobody got, there was no qualifying. So that sort of really screwed us for the whole weekend, um, basically. So, and obviously we couldn't help that there was a tornado. So we had to try to adjust and make changes to the schedule to really try the best we could to have a good event. Um, And, but yeah, the, the storm and us having to cancel qualifying really put a huge dent in our, our plans. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then, so that may, basically meant that everyone qualified. So automatically. So it was based off of the, the people that have the season passes. Those were in order based on points. And then, man, there's someone doing a burnout outside of my shop. We're good. Um, <laughs> and then, so the first, uh, 40 drivers, I believe it is, whoever has the season passes, they were uh, qualified based off of their order and points. And then the drivers that didn't have any points were randomized um, for their qualifying order. So it made it for a pretty interesting bracket. Obviously, we saw, I think it was Taylor Hole and Taylor Ray in top 32. Yeah. Um, it was just, there was a lot of battles like that where, you know, it was not, not the usual um, battles we would see that early. Yeah, good to see them battle again. Yeah, it was yeah. good to see that battle again. When we saw that; that was exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially and when uh, when Taylor Hall's car kind of stalled, and then you see him get back in it. We were just like, "Whoa, what, what a rocket ship that thing was!" <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what it looked yeah. like from the judges' booth, but the car was stopped, parked, and then all of a sudden he stopped on the gas, and then he was right on his side. Yeah, he was right yeah. on Taylor's like, door. Did, did it just do a wheelie? Like, <laughs> what, like, what, what happened? <laughs> that thing was crazy. Yeah. I, I got I got a question for you. What was your most yeah. exciting battle? Man, I really liked the Alec Honadel and Randy Noah battle. That was yeah, so yeah, yeah that no, was that was, that was a yeah, great that was, that was a great way to start the top sixteen for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you would think like okay, because we know Randy Noah. He's our boy. Yeah, yeah. he's from yeah. down here, and uh, and we're like, man, he's going up against Alec. I mean, Alec is you know he's the round one winner, the uh, pro. pro his car is a monster. What's Randy, Randy really going to do? And he puts up a show. I was mm-hmm. like, like, how hard was that for you to judge? Like, there was a part of you that probably was like, man, we want to go one more time with this, but we really <laughs> got <gotta." laughs> I think oh. what really sealed it for me on that was that Randy put down, so it was Alec that led first. Um, 
he was there. He was had great proximity and then had a great lead run. And then, or Alec had a great lead run. Randy was there and had great proximity. Um, but then on uh, Randy's lead run, Randy was slightly shallow, not shallow, but he wasn't as deep into outer zone two as he could have been towards the end of it. And what I noticed was Alec was actually deeper into the zone. He was, Alec was behind him, but he was still on his door. And that was sick. I was, I was blown away by Alec was still running the, the proper line, but he was in the chase position while maintaining, you know, right. his blower, his supercharger was like right in Randy's window. You know, it was like, it's just white noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was no complaints there. Right? Randy, he, yeah. He, he Randy was, was psyched. Yeah, he, he was, was like, yeah. he was like, he didn't care that he lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're both uh. super humble dudes, man. It was it was cool. It was awesome to see, yeah. for sure. And that's what we want to see with drifting, right? You want to see excitement. You want the drivers to be excited, win, lose, or draw. No games. No games, right? Going yeah. all out. You yeah, because I think Alec hit Randy too, and Randy just rode with it. Right. And that's yeah. that's what that is drifting. That's how Every battle should be all this, and you see it. This soccer falls right that we see every <laughs> once in a while. It, it's like it's so frustrating, and it's attack. Okay, I get it. Right, there's got to be some kind of tactic to the game, or I'm going to protest on somebody because I don't think their car should have passed um, tech inspection, or all these things that people try to use to get the advantage. At the end of the day, we don't want to see that. The people that have been around long enough, we want to see what they the show they put on. Yeah, and all out. Everybody, everybody's going to have a strategy. Whether it's you know they study the rule book relentlessly and that's their thing, where they're looking for a technical you know in, or they are you know driving really well on the track and just you know murdering it all weekend. Um, the yeah, I mean that was basically it. The some dudes just really. I mean, everybody there is a great driver, but right. the, the some people just know the rule book, you know, by the back of their like the back of their hand. So it's right. when something you know questionable goes wrong or something, in their opinion, they they will protest and you know mm-hmm. we we'll, <laughs> we want to be fair to everybody, whether you know whoever it is, it's a random guy that we've never met or saw before ever. It's his first drift event ever, and he's at Clutch Kickers. We want to be just as fair to that guy as we are to any of the dudes that are in the top of the points. Like that's, right. you know, how drifting is. We want to be just as fair as possible. Right. So, and then that's great. Cause that's what you really need as a uh, judges. Cause we have all been to events that have been judged that we know there's an obvious. Yeah. Different ones, but I'm saying I've I'm biased seen. when I judge you're by, he's by, <laughs> you're, you're by I'm saying we, we've seen it. We, I I've seen it firsthand where I'm like, wait, this guy didn't initiate until the first clip. The other guy was drifting behind him the whole time, and they faulted a guy from you know that spun behind him because the guy didn't initiate till the first clip. And the guy, I'm like, I mean, just seeing some crazy stuff that makes you just like, you got to be kidding me. I haven't seen that with clutch kicker. Last round and <laughs> this you. round, and and I see the hearts of the judges, and I we're talking to Dan as well. There's always gonna be something you miss. There's always gonna be somebody's not happy, but to the level that we've that I've seen in other events. Um, it, it hasn't happened, right? We had that issue in, in round one. What did Dan do? I mean, he went out of his way, edited a video, point by point, broke it down. So this is what we're looking for. 
and, and it's not about a biasness. It's not we're not hating anybody. Nobody's getting paid off. We want the best, and we I want you guys. We want to push you to do your best. And yes, it's a judge sport, so there's gonna be something missed. I'm not saying that oh the clutch kickers are the perfect judges, never gonna make a mistake. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I know the hearts of I know you guys' hearts, and I know where they're at, and I know at the end of the day, just like you just said, you don't want to have a driver come in and feel like oh well, he's not gonna get the win just because we don't know him. And yeah. you know, we're we're buddies with Alec, and you know Adam LZ gave us a six pack of fruit roll ups, you know, so we're gonna <laughs> so we're gonna give him the win, right? Yum, yum, <laughs> yes, cherry flavor. So. That is big. That is really important for everybody to hear and, and understand from people that have been around for a while, even though we're in our little bottom cesspool of Florida that we, we hang out in. Um, get the information last. Yeah, we get our information. Everything comes down here last. You know, music, everything. So it, it's it's great to hear anybody that's watching. It, it is absolutely true what Clutch Kickers has been able to um, do with the judges by – Choosing you, but I think uh, so. Will called you up, right? And is is Will the one that called you and Dan up for this? For for what? For the judging for this season. Yeah. So Will actually, uh, I think Dan may have had. Dan was there for uh, Drift Week and talked to the Coach Kickers people then. Mm-hmm. Um, but Will put in the good word for me, and uh, yeah, huge shout out to Will Parsons. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Um, for I had obviously I drove round two in the series last year, and then. Uh, we went there in December and we had like a little meeting and, and sat down and talked and uh, yeah, went from there basically. So nice. And Will stuck us. He's glutton for punish. That's two, that's two seasons. <laughs> Will, Will is very passionate. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, his passion may overtake the other passion. Huh? Yeah, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to go back to your point about how uh, unbiased and how fair the competition is. But I want to ask you this. Oh, has Boom. anybody, without naming anybody, has anybody tried to bribe you? Chalk me, Ben. Chalk me. No. 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 Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. All right. I want to cl- uh, a clarification on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have a question. Do you feel like you still have trouble with some drivers not fully getting a grasp on what it is that you're looking for up to this point? Um, so it's hard to say, especially based off round two, because we didn't have any practice or qualifying and on Saturday, so they missed practice, but then they also missed, missed two additional practice laps basically, uh, as their qualifying laps. Um, so the, the driving on Sunday was, in my opinion, was, it was pretty rough. It was all over the place. You know, um, there was moments where it was really great driving and it was, the runs were sick, but then there was also runs where the lead car and the follow car would spin out, you know, separately. So it was, um, Uh. it made it for an interesting event. Um, I think that the drivers know, I mean, that's why we have drivers meetings and, you know, talk about it all the time. Um, what we want to see on track and then, but sometimes I feel like, um, they're just not able to put the car where they want it. Um, so you know, like maybe a car is underpowered or has, you know, a really bad angle kit or something on it or stock knuckles or something. Um, and they're not able to drive it the way they want to. And then obviously they're, we, you know, score them based off of how they're actually driving, not how they want to drive. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, do you change or do you make adjustments, um, in your judging criteria? <clears throat> like if let's say for instance, 
some way, somehow, the event would have uh, went on on Saturday. Would you have made adjustments, or you would have, or or would you have kept it the same? For oh, if it had rained, like and not tornadoed. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, for sure. Obviously, it would have been a like a huge. Uh, we would have handicapped everyone basically uh, with the wet track and rain. So, um, definitely for sure, we would have. Um, it would. Everybody would be slower. You know, there'd be, you know, no tire smoke. So it would actually be easier to see the runs and the battles. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely, we would adjust accordingly if it was a full rained event. Now, how do you deal with the different kind of rain? The rain that involves dirt flying onto you guys <laughs> whenever somebody dirt drops oh. on the second outer zone. So when someone does that, I go like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it got pretty bad up there because obviously it rained a lot on Saturday. So then on Sunday, the first practice session, I was up there watching all of practice and it was just like someone would dirt drop and then it would just rain like clay like wet clay um so that was fun but throughout the the competition it started to dry up like the the dirt did so it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't like covering us in mud it was just dirt at that point so it was a good time (laughs) uh do you feel like this event was perhaps a bit more difficult to judge and the reason why i say that is because uh, there was a couple of times where there was several one more time calls. And so can you sort of clarify what happened there exactly? Or was it just something that like the the runs were so good that they were just too, it was too difficult to determine an actual winner? So some of the one more times were, were that way where the runs were just so close that we couldn't find any deductible mistakes to give one guy the advantage over the other. Um, but a lot of the one more times was, uh, because the drivers were both really sloppy, um, whether they both dropped one tire or they both, you know, dropped one rear tire or front tire, whatever. Um, it was, and I feel like that stemmed back from the tornado on Saturday where we, we weren't able to get them to practice and qualify. So (coughs) the, the whole, yeah, they just had less seat time to get ready for the competition basically. So. Um, so then do, do you feel like that perhaps led to, uh, more protests because there was, uh, one, I guess you could say the, uh, power points of the, uh, event was the amount of downtime due to the protests. So h- how do you feel about that? Um, I will say that there's going to be some changes to the protest procedure. So for the next, from this round three moving forward. Um, but yeah, absolutely. There was a few protests where it was, we had to, you know, listen to the protest and deal with that, um, which made for a huge delay in the show, which, which sucked. But um, the protests were, I mean, every driver has the right to protest. So, and as judges, we want to listen to them and, you know, hear them out. So we did that basically, but yeah, everything, everything started from, the tornado on Saturday. It was, huh. it was a rough tone. one, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say one benefit of tornado is is that we uh, we got to hang out with you, yeah. have a couple drinks. Yeah. Um, with yeah, some of the other sure. guys, we always go up there, do the show, and come back. So it was, 
it it sucked that we weren't able to have that day of competition, but we all said that it was like really was a great day for us because yeah. at least for us as drift sessions to be able to interact with you guys and share some stories and, and get to know each other. Right. So that was really yeah. cool. Yeah. It was awesome to do. It would just drink me a yingling and hang out with you guys. And, <laughs> and uh, it was great, man. Him. Keep feeding them. Yeah. Keep yeah. Them. Thank you. <laughs> I think I even had that? to uh, trade shirts with Marco Garza because he was getting kicked out. So I had to give him my shirt. So yeah. you can sneak back in. So I, I don't yeah. know if that was, that's supposed to be public information. So <laughs> public information. I, I think I have his address too. If uh, Island Resort, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for that, uh, yeah. bam, that's what you get. Oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> I can take it. You hit him with the double shock? Yeah, no, no, I man. have not. Oh, you try that he, one out. Yeah, try that one out. He, he's gonna uh, wear that thing the whole show. Yeah, I'm yeah. wearing the whole thing the whole show. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, randomly yeah. shocked. Randomly shocked. Yeah, Noel quit last show when he, he got that show. He I, left. I walked out. He I was really, so pissed. <laughs> yeah, he literally left the show. I gave everybody a great comedic moment, which was me just ripping this thing off and being like, to hell with this. And I walked out. Yeah, everybody <laughs> laughed about it. You know, I was mad, but, you know, whatever. I get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't like that thing. I don't like that thing. Oh, man. Uh, man. Oh, poor guy. All right. Uh, were, were there any calls that were overturned or were they just uh, baseless so, uh, arguments? So there was one protest that we overturned. Um, it was because uh, it was the Kevin Lawrence and uh, Lucas Torno battle, um, the first battle of that. The we didn't realize the oil that was on down on the track when they went for their second run. Um, basically, Kevin led on his first the first uh, half of the battle and had bonehead gasket or head lifting something like that. That's yeah, an RB. They do that. Yeah. So <laughs> we we knew he had a head gasket issue, but we didn't realize was that the the oil was mixing with the water and causing a milkshake to come out of the exhaust, I oh. guess, or, or catch can or something like that. So there was a decent amount of oil down on the track. And so on Lucas Torno's lead lap, uh, he spun, um, in outer zone two. And then we gave Kevin Lawrence the win because Kevin Lawrence didn't hit him or anything, you know, it wasn't, there was no contact. Um, and so, we gave Kevin Lawrence the win and we moved on to the next battle. And then we got a protest from Lucas Torno saying that he spun um, because there was oil on the track and it, there was oil on the track and he spun. So, you know, that's basically we went back and reviewed it and we walked the track actually and inspected everything and there was oil down. So um, that means that uh, we gave Lucas Torno a zero uh, following Kevin um, because he had an inactive chase. So Lucas's lead, he spun because of Kevin's oil on the track. So we gave Kevin a zero. So both had zero. So we did it one more time over that. So that was the only call that we overturned. Um, a little off topic, but when you see a vehicle that's out on the track having issues, uh, do you slip them uh, your business card, letting them know, like, hey, if you want, just <laughs> come over to my shop and I'll yeah. fix your problem there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, I have a I have a shop. It's called Ramsey Race Prep. Um, it's a bit of a drive from Florida, but um, I do all sorts of 
general automotive repair, but I also do a lot of drift car specific stuff, whether it be setting up, uh, I do a lot of differentials as well. So I overhaul differentials and set them up as well. Um, oh. I do tire sales and performance parts sales, uh, everything. So I don't mess with diesel trucks. That's, that's not my thing. So I'm out mm -hmm. of there on that, but, um, basically anything else. And that's what I do here. <laughs> uh, do you uh deal with uh bmw differentials by some chance <laughs> I, I actually uh do um emerson uh nogara uh, how, how do you say his last name nogara nogara there you go yeah yeah. I, yeah I butcher it every time i'm sorry emerson <laughs> okay we, we got called out for butchering somebody's name I, I we didn't he, butcher it you don't anyways. you don't say the g <laughs> i think the g is silent i'm pretty sure but well, anyways uh, <laughs> I, he, uh, they reached out to me and I believe I'm going to be building a differential for them. Um, I'm going to pick it up and bring it back, you know, between rounds or something. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But he runs an LSD. It's running an LSD or is it running welded? Uh, I think they, I'm not sure if it's a welded or LSD. I think they want to change. Wow. Well, sorry. Uh, I think they want to <laughs> change, um, gear ratios. So they want me to do a new gear set and oh, you know, okay. fresh bearings and seals and set it all up. So cool. Uh, by the way, he's in the chat and he writes, uh, it's all good. And <laughs> the the U is silent. FYI. The U no, is era. silent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm still not gonna try to say it because I'm just gonna butcher it again. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, don't you have a differential here? That's why I bring it up. I do have an E thirty six differential, but it's not of an automatic. I was actually gonna throw it in the garbage because nobody wants it. Huh. man yeah Emerson it, might want it yeah i also have because so i have i've had quite a few bmws me and my brother we we've had mm -hmm, quite a yeah. few and I, i'm actually i have this automatic transmission i have e36 i can't give it away so i'm just i'm debating like i've actually thought about making a sink out of it because it's pretty tall right <laughs> but i just don't have the time so i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. throw it out in bulk trash and i'm sure somebody will scrap it but yeah i have it yeah but it's automatic so it's like a 320 or a 291 or something stupid yeah Ooh. nobody wants that that's a fine, yeah. final drive. Yeah, if you're going on road trips. <laughs> you could do the whole clutch gears in, in uh, first, gear? first gear. Yeah, no. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Uh, by the way, he writes, uh, I'm sorry, Emerson writes, we run welded differential, and he says, just don't say Noriega. Noriega. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I knew there was. it was special. I didn't want to butcher it, so I did not say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head of a particular run that you want to clarify or um, you want to take a Dan moment and sort of you know <laughs> break down a run uh, step by step? Or do you feel content with all of the decisions that you made? Um, nothing off the top of my head. I feel pretty content on, on all the decisions we made. Um, if there was a protest, I'm... I don't think the drivers were too happy with the call even after they protested, but um, we stuck with our word because that's it's our call. And uh, we made our best judgment based on what we saw and what video footage we had from the Clutch Kicker staff. And that was that. So Yeah, and that's interesting to point out too is that you guys as judges, what a, I've noticed versus other that other series that we hear about a lot is that they only <laughs> choose to use their own footage, right? You guys go above and beyond trying to not just make the person realize that, hey, listen, we're not, we want to be as fair as possible. You use other footage. You've had people so, bring other footage, right? Um, no, not necessarily. We, 
the rule book is written um, that the footage needs to be from a clutch kicker's staff member or oh, media person. Um, so like the drone footage, but the drones always, there's two drones going all the time. So there's two different drone angles. And then obviously the live stream cameras that are placed mm -hmm. on the track. Um, right. so we use those and then obviously watch with our eyes when the, when the run actually happened. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's like the reason for that rule is we don't want, you know, your, your mother coming up with her cell phone saying, look at my son, uh, you know, whatever. Um, it's just, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It, it would happen if, if there wasn't that rule, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Dak is correcting you in the chat. He's yeah, like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, at least, say hey, I put my foot in my mouth a lot. It's okay, it's fine. We that's spread, we you spread, guys are there, right? We spread false information. Yeah, I spread false this information. This is fake news. My whole yeah. life is false information. <laughs> so, uh, also a little off topic, but so I watched, um, I think I was 11 hours in on the stream. Because oh, I just, boy. I wanted to see how it was going and, you know, check it out. And so I watched most of the stream and in the very beginning, you guys were saying that the uh, people were making their buy runs were, that would spin out or go off course on their buy runs that they got, they were like going to be out of the competition, we but then that, you corrected yeah. it. And then I think someone came over or something and told you guys, but yeah, I was, I was like, Oh man, I hope they don't say that for the whole competition. <laughs> <laughs> we would have. We did. <laughs> it's funny. I was like, man, I got to use the restroom. So I'm going to go out. And then I asked the guy at the finish line, Mm -hmm. It was, and he was, he explained it to me. I was like, oh man, we were wrong the whole time. So yeah. I have to run back. Yeah. Guys, we're yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no. and, and that's, 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 that's stuff we have to work on on our end too. There's yeah. no, a lot of communication. Yeah. We're still, we're, we're growing. Right. And we're every, yeah. every event we, we learn from our mistakes and so we make it better and better and better. And, you know, we're going to make new mistakes next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously there's, there's a lot of rules too. So, and you guys, it's, it's pretty hard to keep up with all the rules like in the first place. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, basically if a lead, if a person, a car has a buy run, all they have to do is leave the line, um, under okay. its own power, basically, or finish, finish the lap. Uh, I can't remember exactly how it's written, but I believe it's just leave the line under their own power. We could try reading the rule book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've read it. <laughs> I've read a rule book. <laughs> Actually, I, I will say that uh, before the event started, uh, all three judges walked the track with us and broke down the judging, judging criteria. And that was very beneficial. So that way we could sort of, we could try to relay that information to the crowd. And we really appreciate you guys taking the time to do that. So I, I did course. want to mention that. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. Th that was the whole point is so that we can, explain what we're looking for to you guys like specifically so that you can help the show you know be better and explain things a little more in depth without making the call as you if you were a judge basically yeah. um yeah. because obviously we're sitting up in a tower you know 15 feet in the air and have multiple camera angles that we could see and you guys are on the start line um right pretty far away from all the zones and stuff so it's pretty difficult to see all that yeah it is and and, and also but like Kind of going back to like our screw up, you know. Anytime, <laughs> shock him, shock him. Wait, sorry. don't do it. Shock me, shock me, give it to me. What the hell? Wait, he's asking for it. Oh, okay, <laughs> fine. Okay, uh, I'd rather look forward to and be prepared for it. Anyways, yeah, that's the thing. I didn't yeah. know when it was coming. Well, and you're asking for it. <laughs> well, so what? But anyways, um, aside from that, um, I don't think I think we tried to as as being on the live stream and commentating. We try to make sure we feed 
all that information to those that are watching, right? Yeah, um, for sure. And, and and anytime you see us fall short, because we wanna we wanna be better too, right? We wanna be yeah. the best commentators we can be, and and put that information to the audience as clear and concise as possible. So we are definitely, if you guys ever see anything, we want you always to come to us or talk to Ben and say, hey, listen. You know, you guys, you, you, I don't care. You guys, you know, you guys did good, but man, you guys really suck at this, right? <laughs> but just, you know, but say it because we're, yeah, it, it's, it's all love, right? We're here to yeah. build each other up and make each other better. So for sure. Yeah. And I wanted, that's why I wanted, like, I've, I've watched the live stream. Obviously last year I watched the live stream as well. Um, mm-hmm. But this year I couldn't watch the live stream because I was judging the event, but I like to watch the live stream after the event's over just to see how, everything was you know went and it was it was great obviously other than the you know major delays but that was uh just part of it i guess (laughs) yeah and there's other things like um just equipment wise that we know we got to work on our end i think some delays that we're we're working with the live stream guys we got captain ben here matt stone he they're working together hard to iron out those little stuff but it's it's a hard it's people don't realize it's not like we're just setting up one camera yeah. i mean there's so many i mean there's multiple drones flying it's in the middle of nowhere so just mm-hmm. what they had to purchase just to be able to get a, a feed that we could broadcast you know everybody's on their phone broadcasting so that there's yeah. not many towers out there they're overloaded so yep. it's very easy for somebody to be in the chat room and said oh man this sucks you know it's it's this or this or that but <laughs> hey listen every, but it, you know it, it is it, it's what happens but those that are those people that are out there that are watching this or may watch it later there is a tremendous amount of effort and energy and money going in to make this as best as good as possible. Yeah. And it's, it's only, we're only halfway through this, not even halfway through the second season, right? Yeah. Season exactly. two last year. I don't know if it did it have a live stream or, or round two last year, season one. No, it didn't that, even have I think a live stream. I think it started around, uh, it might've been round two. It might've been a starting at round three. I can't, but even it was remember. just like, it was just like a live feed though. It wasn't nothing else. Yeah. You guys weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was exactly. Yeah. So, so that got to look at what they've done in such a short amount of time and the commitment sure. that clutch kickers has to making this as best as it possible can be. It's, it's, it's awesome. Right. Yeah. And I think even with like, obviously everything stemming from the Saturday tornado storm disaster with, you know, freak hail and winds um, was, everything stemmed from that. And I think we did a great job for <laughs> having a show and having a competition. Luckily the, the rule book is set up. Zach did a great job with the rule book, setting it oh, up yeah. for having a backup plan in case we had to cancel qualifying. So, um, I think it went great. <laughs> and all things considered, thank God that happened on Saturday, not Sunday. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, it- have a comment that actually is a great point uh, from Emerson again, who, who writes uh-huh. it. It's awesome that live streams are available after. Great tool to learn on what to improve. Yep, right for sure. As a driver, yeah, as a driver, because a lot of drivers are out there. Maybe just one other person. Uh, I think I spoke to a couple drivers. Uh, I'm like, do you have any sponsors? They're like, no, I don't have any sponsors. Who's here with you? Oh, I got my wife and my friend. Right, so they don't have yeah. the ability to record everything. Yeah, yeah, and, and you, I mean, you know as well as anything, it's like trying to get that footage of you driving, and driving and focusing on everything else. It's you can't do all that. So the life—that's yep. a great point. In a local series too, like like when you, when you drove SWD. I mean, if I wasn't filming, that would be the only thing you ever got. Yeah, just feedback. <laughs> and that was it, right. What's well, so, so funny too is every every drift event I go to, I always bring my GoPro, 
And I literally never use it. Like ever. It's terrible. It sits in the center console. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or you forget to charge it or or something. Or forget the SD card. Yeah, or I'm just getting so excited because I just want to start driving that I just yep. I was like, ah, I'll set it up later. And I never said yeah. that. Every so time I get to a drift event. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to mention uh, that's something to happen to Rome, too. Remember? Oh, we're talking oh yeah. To him yeah. And he didn't even use uh, any of his GoPro footage. Right? So his media guy was going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I actually, I saw that on the live stream earlier uh, <laughs> from the event. Um, yeah, I always have like a like a ritual, I guess, of when I... Like Missy and I, we always go to drift events together and she drifts also. So, oh, wow. um, yep. And so we have like a two car trailer and unloading the cars and getting everything set up and our canopy and unloading, you know, tires and everything. I'm always so excited to go drive that the GoPro just gets like forgotten about. I'm like, are the air pressures okay in our tires? Like, is there fuel in the car? Like, let's go, basically, mm. every time. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Maybe that's the trick. I got to teach my wife how to drift. Maybe when I get the E46 done, I'll save the 350Z. <laughs> but then you got to fix her car, too. Then I got, But yeah, but 350Z, is, it doesn't break. I just leave it the way it is. Oh, you, go. <laughs> you just jinx yourself. You just jinx yourself. <laughs> I have America, I'm doing America's Union at the end of the month, so yeah, maybe I shouldn't say it. I'm going to go over that car really well. But anyways, yeah, maybe that's the key. Try to get teacher, or maybe I can get my daughter to drive there you go we'll see <laughs> um so what i guess you can say is what areas of improvement are you looking to uh guess or what what areas are you looking to improve on the next event the next round um not have a tornado okay that would that's, be that's a good tell one. mike to well, tell, tell, tell magic, uh, mike magic mike magic mike he's not allowed to enter the next one yeah no <laughs> rain dances <laughs> Um, obviously the series is still growing and there's, you know, minor rule book changes and, you know, things like that, where we're adjusting things as we're going. Um, and, but other than that, I I mean, there's nothing really major that really is going to be like a drastic change. Um, just fine tuning it, you know, is how we're, how we're doing it. Nice. Okay. Um, guys, Mm -hmm. any particular battles that you wanted to get clarification on um, before um, we sort of move away from that? No, I think he explained no, pretty much any issues that he no. had. Um, nope. Okay. okay. Well, I, think, well, well, I think there was those two. There's Michael Elsie. There was Michael Elsie okay. versus, versus Troy Manners. Manners. And then there was okay. also... We'll, we'll, we'll let you go with that first, uh, and then we'll right. go, go to the next. All right. So on... I believe Troy Manners led first and it was a good run. Um, he had a good lead. And then Michael Elsie was uh, pretty close, but not on the proper line following him. Obviously his car is faster. Um, so he was cutting line to, you know, uh, maintain somewhat proximity. And then where the controversy happened was on the second run where Troy Manners followed uh, Michael and had, on entry, he bumped him in the left rear tire, and then we saw that. And but they both drivers kept going, and um, Michael Elsie's um, he was pretty far off of outer zone one, inner clip one, touch and go outer zone two, um, and then there was a spin out, and Troy Manners was there, and he was very close. But we watched multiple camera angles. 
we had the drone guys pull the footage from the drones and bring it to us. And we watched that multiple times and made the decision that we're sticking with the call that Troy Manners would advance. There was no contact on that. It's causing that spin out to happen. Um, There was contact in the first turn, but that, that wasn't where he spun out. So I think I could pull that up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys aren't going to be able to see it, but this is what he's referring to as both drivers going through outer zone two. You see the spin. Referring to. Yeah. And we, we looked at so many different camera angles that we were looking for the car to the body of the car to be unsettled or shift when the supposed tap happened and the car didn't change behavior until it was already spinning. So sorry, just hit my headphones. Uh, but, oh, good. So basically, uh, so I guess like for a driver, if, if you feel that hit, if you keep going and you guys can be like, okay, well, they kept going. It obviously didn't impact his line enough to where he can't keep going. Kind of on that driver that's leading, hey, do I want to take a soccer fall or do I want to just man up and run it? <laughs> <laughs> man up i mean nobody nobody wants to get knocked out in competition but at the end of the day there's someone has to lose and like i said we looked at multiple angles and saw no contact so that's the way we ruled it and we stuck with our original decision that troy manners would advance on well, that confirms the fact that I don't want to be a judge because I called it on the live stream like, oh, he hit him, so he spun out. So You started this whole thing. So it's all my fault. Anyway. Um, all good. The other. Uh, You're going to get ejected from, from the series. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, the second battle we wanted to talk about was Keanu Rodriguez versus Ryan Acevedo. Oh, Rodriguez. Yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah, you can't call Rodriguez. him Rodriguez. Yeah, no, that's it. All right, I'm fired. <laughs> yeah, his name's Rodriguez, if anyone wants to I'll, know. I'll collect my stuff, all right. Genius. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Uh, yeah, so there was uh, some interesting ha- things happening there on the mm-hmm. lead run of Keone Rodriguez, uh, where we saw Ryan Acevedo kind of impeding his line, but mm-hmm. Keone kind of like tried to make a, an initiation out of it, but then initiate. How did you uh, perceive that? So all three of us in the judges' tower um, deemed that Ryan Acevedo was impeding the lead car. So when it was a very weird initiation um, where all weekend um, Keone had been initiating like a really large manji um, and and doing that like perfectly how he you know how he wants to. Um, and as a lead car, that's your right to do that. And so where the issue was that after watching the footage multiple times, Ryan Acevedo jumped the line pretty, the light pretty hard, which is his right to do that as well. But it set him up for failure because by the time they made it to the, the initiation cones where Keone was already supposed to be or normally initiating, um, Ryan Acevedo was in front of him. Um, or next to him at least. And then uh, the lead car initiated and then Ryan Acevedo kind of switched sides and then initiated. Um, It was just a very sloppy battle. Um, We actually 
thought about it for a long time and reviewed the like replayed it over and over and over. And it was basically that Ryan Acevedo was impeding the lead driver. So well, we're, we're, uh, FYI, I'm I'm playing back that part footage again. Sorry, you guys over here uh on the booth can't see it, but yeah, you can see exactly what we're talking about as Keone goes ahead and initiates and it's again a very weird initiation, but and if, saying, yeah. and if you look oh. at it also, uh, Brian Acevedo initiated after the last cone as well. So it was, it was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he shimmied on angle then. Yeah. There was, a, there's a lot of, no, but it, that, that battle was, um, yeah. won and lost at the initiation. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, I, that was one battle where I was like, man, that's, that's a tough one to call. Uh, I think you guys made the right at the end of the day it was just i appreciate you know, it I, i'm glad that i didn't have to make it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, Better uh, for me. sure like i said i mean going into a drift event or a, a drift battle one person is going to win and one person is going to lose so um it's just it's tough nobody wants to lose but um don't impede the lead driver basically in the rest of the season who <laughs> nice. beans um <clears throat> Dwayne, anything else you want to share with us uh, no, man, I don't really have too much. Um, no, I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, I think you guys are doing a great job. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, thank thank you, you, sir. So, yeah. That's another six pack of yingling right there for that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't do it at the event. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'll be at the island. At, at, the, island. at yeah. the island. Yeah. At the we'll island. Oh, definitely. But yeah, we've heard a couple of stories that take place over there. So if, yeah, we'll if, have to see it for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's an awesome place. Yeah, you guys should definitely stay there next time. It's it's yeah. sick. It's just that drive back and forth. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit of a drive, but it's worth it for okay. sure. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> hey, I got a question. So yeah, you know the area. What is there to eat after a long oh yeah night, That's a long a good... day? Because we left out of there around midnight, and uh -huh. we were just like, what a burger. No, 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 no. We first oh. went to Waffle House where we had a pet. Like the kid was scared to feed us. Yeah, it was one kid <laughs> doing a whole store. So he was my poor kid. <laughs> right. We left. Mm -hmm. Anywhere else? Uh, um, man, yeah, you guys stayed in Crestview, like yeah. right there. Um, I can't think of anything. I mean, there might be like a bar that's open that serves food, but that probably is not ideal. Um, yeah, I've been to Whataburger, Zach. That's where we ended yeah. up going. Yeah. <laughs> Whataburger and. Uh, uh yeah waffle house i mean that's all i could think of <laughs> yeah. yeah waffle house was a disappointment Look, we did the oh, best man. we could and whataburger was the best we could do so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just bring just like bring some sandwiches man and just do it just there you go that's your dinner yeah true there's a Public walmart subs. Right there's a walmart yeah. right down the street you understand buy like, a loaf yeah. of bread slap some so like for me yeah. and paul like our wives aren't there to kind of like make sure we pan plan and pack things oh so, okay like, if I'm my, if my wife, she always well, actually your wife did a great job. She packed yes. us this massive bag of snacks. Yes, had it not been for that, we would not have had anything all yeah. day long. So exactly. we're yeah. he can't even order Starbucks. He has to text his wife. Hey, shut hey, up. Babe. Yeah, he goes, he's like, this. hey babe, there's no one to come in here. We waited <laughs> oh five minutes before we could go through the drive-through at Starbucks because he didn't know what he orders. Well, come on, that order, come on. That was a long order, but I'm just saying, you know, you yeah. I can't, I don't can't dress myself. <laughs> 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 
Ooh. Anyways, <laughs> that's that's you know married life. You'll you're gonna know that soon. Yeah, just just recently got engaged, so I'm very congratulations. About it. Congrats. Thank you, thank you. Sweet, sweet. All right. Oh wow, that's hilarious. Great. But yeah, we we need to <laughs> sort of get that figured out. Maybe, uh, dude, know, bring do, a barbecue. Do, barbecue. Barbecue. Okay. Yeah. Huh? Tell me about. Well, it. I mean, we didn't so, have. We need, we need Savio. Savio, we didn't have him. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. were you going to say? The Drift HQ people. So what um, what really sucks about leaving a Drift event and like going to your hotel or whatever is also having to stop and get food on your way to your hotel. That's terrible. So you could yeah. like eat before you leave the track, then you're just straight to the hotel and that's it. Well, there was a couple uh, rounds that there was some really good food at the track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they packed but that up, was like, when this- the... Well, that was when uh, Drift HQ was here. They made a bunch of stuff, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah. But we had they had a couple. They had um like, like an uh, Asian priest, like an Asian, Asian bistro, and something else there last time. But so hopefully oh, okay. we we'll get some. Wait for somebody to have a hot dog cart. Ben, well, where's your was, hot dog? There cart? was well, there was a hot dog. There was like hamburgers and hot dogs. Uh, but it was like during the day. It wasn't yeah. at midnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they leave. We stay. We're yeah. <laughs> they leave. Yeah, <laughs> they made their money so. We need to figure out who <laughs> delivers like late night. There's nobody around. There's there. nobody out there. I know there's nobody out there, but there's <laughs> Zach probably, would know exactly. There's probably a food delivery no, service. Zach says, "What what a burger is it, pal?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what burger is it, pal? Uh, actually, uh, Zach says I tried uh, to get pizza delivered. I was told not even if I ordered thirty pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that's rude. Wow, that is absolutely rude. That's oh, insane. No. Oh, that's funny. Can oh, yeah, uh, we just lift the track with a helicopter? <laughs> hey, that's possible. Hey, there's an Air Force base nearby. Yeah, right. They have the means. They have the technology. They just go. gotta get them to come on over and make it happen. <laughs> there's plenty of land west of Miami. We, everybody will be untapped. Untapped. One day, maybe. But until then, <laughs> we're gonna be driving up to see you guys five times a year. Yeah, for well, sure. Actually, yes. more than that, because I'm gonna be the fun day in December. Yeah, I'm gonna do the fun yeah, day as well. I want to do the fun day in December. That'd I'm gonna fun. put my car right into your door. That's fine. I mean, that's <laughs> but like off track, off track. That's yeah, off that's track. track. Yeah. <laughs> that means he's gonna have to like jump it because he's gonna be on a trailer. So yeah, it could be. We'll see. Things can we can make that happen. Yeah. Uh, okay. So in closing, uh, just want to remind folks that uh, well, the next I, I actually Go ahead. actually before because we we do we're trying to do a little like uh, product spotlights real quick. Can you see this? So basically, this is um, so to pay for. Wait, for paid to pay for his build, he has to plug Jackson's yeah, yeah. products. Yeah, so yeah. These are shameless. Well, no, we to see this isn't Jackson's name. <laughs> You're not supposed to say it's Jackson. Okay, it's supposed to be a local distributor. You totally blew my spot. <laughs> so, so, anyways, Go Fast Industries. This I bought this for the E46. So this is basically a surge tank, and then I can have the fuel surge for the uh, the two um, pumps there. Actually, it's, it was better than I thought it was, even Don't though I know it's from China. Fingers again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Thank God he didn't have it. Shot me. Damn it. Forget it. Go fast, industries. Buy it. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> that's it. I can't take it. I can't take it. <laughs> I can't go anywhere because I live here. Get up and storm off the set. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, oh, man. Uh, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, the next it's, clutch kickers, June yeah. 11th Shut up. through going to say something. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. That's that's what I was going to say. I was going to say I'm excited for the next round. We got a good break in between, so I can take care of stuff I have going on here at the shop and uh, have a good break to go into. I think it's June 
I don't know the exact date, but uh, in, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to go there. It's going to be a real hot event. Yeah. 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 I'm not looking forward to that. I'm, I'm going to bring an umbrella for sun protection. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah. That weather is not a uh, big boy proofed. Uh, I mean, but, but we still go out there. Well, I see you shaved the uh, yeah. Jack Black beard. Oh. Yeah, he did. I just yeah. noticed. Yeah. I didn't. Even, he got oh. rid of. He's no longer Jack Black. Yeah, no oh, it, it was just you know getting into my mouth among other things. Um, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> food, what? food, what? food. Okay, <laughs> let's end it there. Oh so, yeah, I had to chop it off. What a genius. there you go. It happens. Hmm. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so yeah, so next event, uh, be there. Uh, if you can't make it, uh, join the live stream over at the Clutch Kickers uh, YouTube channel. And also, a uh, friendly reminder, if you do want to make the trip, check out the Island Hotel. It is a wonderful, beautiful place. We checked it out. It is amazing. The sights, the sounds, and, oh. and the smells, too. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I, think the, I think the most important part is the uh, you don't know who you're going to run into unless you're actually there That's and i true. think the the memories and the moments you're going to make uh at the, at the island is going to last you a lifetime yeah for real i mean yes that, that, that was you know i was bummed out i was like man we're not going to see drifting today whatever i guess we're going to hang out at the hotel and then when i get there i'm like that was that was amazing i like it was such a good time you yeah. know and the bar yeah. girl on the beach that's definitely the place to hang yes. out what what's crazy um is that it like had there was a torrential downpour and a tornado and everything at the track and then uh i think it's less it's like 30 miles or something away i don't i don't know exactly how far it is from the track but it's pretty close um yeah. and it was like sunny and you know right. not raining at all Beautiful at, the, day. at the beach yeah, yeah. it was weird beach man <laughs> I think Zach mentioned an inflatable pool. Yeah. What? Round three is going to have an inflatable pool. Oh. Oh, it's man. Gonna work. Yeah, it's going to feel like jumping in warm piss. Oh. <laughs> Actually, um, he, Zach is asking, uh, buy more merch because they need to buy new uh, tents, tents for, for the, the starting line. Uh, yeah. yes. Support yeah. Clutch Kickers. Check out clutchkickers.com. I yeah, actually you got a pair of their gloves, didn't you? Yeah, I got a pair of their gloves. This is the best. I, oh, man. I got like two long sleeve shirts from them. Uh, I got a hat. Uh, but yeah, definitely support. I mean, Zach was very nice to allow us to have the tent as well because you know we have equipment and everything, and also I, I'm too fragile for the sun. <laughs> so thank you very much, Zach. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I hate the sun. Yeah, the uh, tornado storm really just destroyed a lot. Everybody's yeah. tents basically. There was major damage too. Yeah. Well, if Zach is going to bring the inflatable pool, I'm going to bring my palm trees. Remember the palm trees oh, I was telling you about? Yeah, yeah you just, I, we're, we're going to make it a tropical paradise out there at a clutch okay. Kickers, all right? <laughs> yeah. We're going to make it happen. I'm going to bring Look, some flamingos. Mike Castleberry mentioned the palm trees. I'm going to give him the palm trees. We're going to make that a <laughs> VIP section. There you go. State of the art, one of a kind, and that it's going to be. To do the live streams in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. We got a slip and slide. Oh man, that runs parallel with the initiation. <laughs> yes, so we can have people run sliding down the initiation while the car is yeah. drifting. Is that how's the insurance gonna? Will that affect the insurance? Good <laughs> though. Oh. Anyways, we'll work on that. That's something yeah, that's right. All right. Well, in any case, uh, Dwayne, thank you again, sir. Appreciate yes. you taking the time to uh, join us, answer some questions, hang out, and for sure, we for hope sure. 
and we hope to uh, hang on in person again for the next round. And as everybody's uh, tuned in, thank you folks for joining us, and we hope to see you two weeks from now. And if not, catch us at the uh, Clutch Kickers live stream. And with that yeah. said, good night, folks, and we'll see you next time. Take All care. Right. Later. Good.